Hey everyone, and thanks for finding Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. My name is Wes. I'm Demetrius. And I'm Saeed. And join us as we talk about anime, manga, video games, and pretty much everything in between. And no matter what the episode's content, we promise that you'll have a good time hanging out with us. Without further ado, here we go. spooky season everybody because we had a break last week so we're back but who are we well we are wes which is myself and demetrius i swore i'm not the imposter <laughs> and saeed boo bro boo i thought he was gonna go with the boopies <laughs> the boobies and boopets, <laughs> the boobies bro. And oh, the boopets. <laughs> it was the perfect opportunity <laughs> here for a good spook uh, a good a good spook because everybody right now it is October. Yes, it is October, <laughs> the month of spook. And so we were we will be, excuse me, theming every one of our podcasts this month after some some like a little spooky some stuff, a little scary body. stuff. Oh, some <laughs> bro. We'll be theming every yeah. podcast episode after Shrek. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Shrek is scary, bro. That girl Fiona turned into an ogre. Bro. Oh, Shrek goes well into this topic because uh, uh, ogres are like onions, and onions have layers. Have layers. Hey, hey, later hey, on we'll, about the story hey, we'll, about layers. Yeah, we'll hit that. We'll hit that next week. We'll hit that next week because for the first week of our kind of October of spookiness, what did we do before? Back when we didn't have the podcast primarily, we had was it the spookening, bro? I think was it was that the what spookening. It was? The spookening, back when we, we mainly posted on a blog before we pivoted to podcast. Check out the blog if you want a little preview of maybe some things we're going to be talking about later. Because we're going to bring some stuff to the people that didn't know we, that we had a website for a little bit. We're going to bring that out. But what better way to start the spookening, the month of October, than by outlining probably the most popular uh, horror mangaka to come out of Japan. Uh, horror writer to come out of japan one of them um he has this man he has a hot topic collaboration did you guys know that he has a hot topic clothing collaboration i did not oh i didn't know that he, he has disgusting a... and, th- and dear <laughs> oh I, I could see it if we had a con this year people would be wearing it oh he has he has a crunchy roll clothing collaboration Ooh. Interesting. Ooh, which I which I imagine it's it's a higher price, but it's probably a higher quality than that Hot Topic. Nothing against Hot Topic. It, it, is, ever, it is none other. Did oh, he ever ahead, do anything? Ahead. Did he ever do anything with uh, Uniqlo? Oh, bro! If he did, that'd be that'd be dope. But who is he? Everybody. He is Junji Ito or Junji Ito, however you want to pronounce it, Junji or Junji, or say I'll say Junji when I say it. But he is probably the father of Japanese horror manga. This man's been at it 
for a while. So we're going to kind of do what we did if you listen to our Hunter or our Hunter Hunter slash Yu Yu Hakusho couple episodes, our Togashi special. I'm going to give you a little brief uh, breakdown of his life and his career. We're going to kind of talk about a couple of the stories we've experienced. And then, you know, uh, based off those stories, we're kind of just going to talk about Japanese horror in general compared to what maybe some of you may uh, be more familiar with in Western horror series, Western horror movies and stuff. Different mediums, of course, manga and anime versus maybe a movie or TV show, but still under the umbrella of horror and still some very interesting um, differences. So without further ado, excuse me, Junji Ito, everybody. So the man Junji Ito was born on the 31st of July, 31st of July, 1963, which makes this man 57. Oh, wow. No, July, July, (laughs) July. July. I thought thought you said October. (laughs) No, but hold up. Wasn't that, wasn't that, so this is 2020. Wasn't that a thing where people were posting stuff about Halloween in July though? Right? On Twitter and stuff. so. So, so, I mean, hey, 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 I guess, right? So, 31st of July, 1963, um, his two older sisters would always, as the story goes, be reading kind of horror stories by um, by a Kazuo Umezu and a Shinichi Koga, and then because of that, he began to read them too. He kind of wasn't a big city guy. He grew up in the country, and some of his experiences in the country are reflected in a lot of his works. One of the stories is that where he lived, right, the bathroom was not necessarily in his house. There was like an underground tunnel to get to the bathroom. And there were a bunch of spider crickets all throughout this tunnel. So he'd have to walk like in the dark through this tunnel, through all these creepy cricket looking things to get to the bathroom. Bro, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. So that in and of itself, bro. Imagine walking barefoot. Waking up in the middle of the night, walking barefoot down this this underground tunnel to get to the bathroom, and you step on a cricket. Ugh. Spider cricket sounds like something out of Avatar: The Last Airbender. It does. <laughs> so, um. Anyways, he started working as a dental technician, and in 1987, he still had oh, horror as still a. Still pretty he creepy. Had, he had. Yep, yeah, still pretty creepy. A dental technician. Bro, the pen? sound of that drill. That drill. Zzz. Zzz. That oh, comes no, up in one no, of the no. stories I've read too. Hmm. Uh, so he he was working dental technician in 1984ish, but still liked to draw manga and read and write horror as a hobby. So just kind of on a whim in 1987, he submitted this short story called Gekon Halloween, uh, monthly Halloween, or he submitted to excuse me a, a a short story to this magazine called Gekon Halloween or monthly Halloween that actually won. An honorable mention in the Kazuo Umezu Prize, where Umezu was a judge. And if you remember what I just said, that was kind of his inspiration. That was what he started reading as a kid, horror, with his with his sisters reading Umezu's stories in the magazine. So it kind of all comes, um, it kind of all comes for full circle. And the story itself was later serialized as a popular work by. Um, Mr. Junji Ito, which is Tomie. So that's pretty much the story with that. Once he won that award, he goes off. He writes a bunch of popular stories. Again, Tomie, Gyo, Uzumaki. Said will get into what might be his most popular work. 
Um, funny enough, Junji Ito, you would think as a horror guy, he's kind of this weird, creepy dude. But it's almost a meme, and Crunchyroll has done a lot of videos where, with him, where he's just this normal dude. Like, he has a he has a side manga or side story he writes called Junji Ito's Cat Diary, Yon and Moo, where he just talks about his cats. Like, what? He's just a he's just a normal dude. Like I saw that's I mean yeah he's a little he's a slightly eccentric, Mm -hmm, a little eccentric. But you know he's just this guy living with his cats, and also he is married. He has two kids. Um, his wife is a like a children's picture book artist, I think. So, shout out to that. That's interesting. Um, that's a interesting dynamic. Interesting, interesting dynamic with him writing some of these very disturbing uh, tales. Some of his inspirations, again, outside of Umezu, there are a bunch of Japanese inspirations I'm not going to say, but he has said H.P. Lovecraft is a major influence on his work. Um, oh, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft He's like being, the godfather of horror of the Western sphere. Yep. Um, he's, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, he's the one who's done Cthulhu and everyone. Correct. Yes. Ah, okay. Correct. So I've there's heard that. that name. And then for people being influenced by Ito or people wanting to use Ito Guillermo del Toro actually said that um, he's a big Junji Ito fan and he wanted to get Junji Ito on the Silent Hills game that him and Kojima were doing before Sony shut that down so but also Ito he was in Death Stranding fun fact (laughs) um as I never played the game, but I, I found that out. So that's pretty much all you need to know about the man, Junji Ito. Uh, people that enjoy his works. People whose works he enjoy. So without any further ado, um, we're going to get right into some of his works. I'm just going to pass it off to Saeed. Like, Saeed, I know you were reading some of his stuff before this. So what what type of stuff were you checking out? Uh, I've read three things of his. I've been meaning to get into Junji Ito for a while, but I ended up reading Layers of Fear, The Licking Woman, and Enigma of Amigara Fault, which oh, is... The Licking Woman. Um, the Licking Yeah, The Licking Woman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Enigma of Amigara Fault is probably one of his most famous short stories. Uh, do we want to get into... Spoiler-ish? I don't know. It just Yeah, just give like a little rundown because like I haven't read that one from him. Yeah, give okay. like a synopsis brief of it. Introduction. Uh, Enigma of Amigara Fault, since it's the most popular one, it was it's like this thing based off, like there was this earthquake in this village or this town and there's like this rock formation that came up with like the imprints of people's bodies in this rock formation. Where, these ro- where the imprints are, it goes down like hundreds and hundreds of meters it's a weird concept where how like different people from the town fit in with the silhouettes of those imprints and they get sucked in that's the premise of that which is pretty creepy and then layers of fear was probably my favorite one that creeped me out the most because just like ogres have layers there's this curse that came upon (laughs) this these individuals where they too had layers and a series of events happened where eventually let's just say things were getting peeled off layer by oh. layer and i think i mean i think that's a good time to mention that junjo 
Junji Ito's like work and art style is very detailed, very mm-hmm. detailed. Yeah, uh, if you if you don't follow us on Instagram, here's here's my episode, my plug every episode. Check out our Instagram. We announce all the episodes, and for the announcement of this picture, I'm going to have a Junji uh, example of Junji Ito's art. It's not going to be one of the super graphic ones, but just an as an example. It's very disturbing art. Like, yeah, there. There's also this one story I didn't read because I do kind of have trypophobia, but it's like trypophobia. Ooh, I know based. which one you're talking about. Yeah, oh, I'm probably I've heard of that up, one. I'll read it eventually, but like he does, like he takes concepts of like little minuscule things and just adds no pun intended layers to it to distort it in a way where it just disturbs you. Mm-hmm. Art wise, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also yeah. read Licking Woman, which is uh, probably the least scary one I read. It wasn't that scary. It's just kind of self-explanatory. It's a crazy woman that licks people and that licking <laughs> causes an ailment. Oh, okay. Hey. I was going <laughs> to say, she just licks people, bro? She, she's a creepy looking lady. <laughs> with, you know, the whole stereotypical long hair, long black hair, yeah. Yeah. Japanese, yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, that type of thing. Weird tongue, not just licking. The tongue's all like herpied up or something. It's disturbing. <laughs> it is yeah. disturbing. Herpied up. <laughs> yeah. It's Superpowers. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, herpy Super... tongue. <laughs> sounds like a that sounds like a stand name. Yeah. It's, uh, it's out of it's out of uh, what you call it. Uh, Toriko. I forgot who his name was, but his tongue would evaporate for um, <laughs> existence or whatever. But yeah, that's basically my rundown of my Junji Ito experience so far. Looking forward to diving into it more. Yeah, yeah. so before before I explain, because I read a couple short stories as well, and I also um, watched the anime series on Crunchyroll, Junji Ito Collection, which doesn't do justice to the manga at all. Don't watch it. Read the manga instead. Especially because the, um, the style that Junji Ito does, it's not your typical manga. It's not long serialized. We've said it a bunch of times, but we've never directly addressed it now. They're all short stories. Oh, so yeah. You can read these maybe in, like, like, one volume. Story. Yeah, you can read these in one sitting easy. You can read mm. maybe one of these stories, one of the three, one of the three stories I mentioned in, like, 20 minutes max. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're pretty, they're pretty quick. Um, which is why for the anime series on Crunchyroll, Junji Ito Collection, there were a bunch of stories every episode. Um, but read the manga instead. It's You're not really saving any time by watching the anime, and you're getting a better experience. But for me, there are a couple of stories that I want to kind of go through that I had uh, that I have read myself. So I'm going to start with... Hmm. So I, the the three I'm talking about, by the way, are Slug Girl, Window Next Door, and The Long Dream. So I'll start with Slug Girl because that one is very, very quick. Um, pretty much, it's about this girl whose tongue is a slug. And her parents are kind of weirded tongues. out by it. Bro, <laughs> you know what? Hey, now that you fish. mention it, dude, maybe. Did but that yeah, tongue, tongue leave Go her mouth and become a being of itself too? Uh, so this one, I think in the manga is only a few pages, so I am going to spoil this one. So give like 30 seconds 
Uh, fast forward thirty seconds if you It'll don't want to be spoiled, fine. but it's still like still an interesting Even if you thing know the to concept, just see. The concepts are kind of self-explanatory in some of these titles too. So going into it knowing the concept isn't the scary part; it's experiencing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have like to seeing it for yourself. You have to yeah. read it. Yeah, yeah, it's completely so, different. So for the slug girl, like me describing what happens isn't going to do it justice. So go read it. Pretty much, her tongue is a slug, and her parents are freaked out. So they put her in this bathtub, right? And how do you kill slugs? How do little kids decide to kill slugs? Yep, you put salt on it. So they decide to put her in this bathtub and fill the bathtub up with salt. And when they do, when they do that, when they do that, they are like, "Okay, we got the slug." So they see her head, and they're like, kind of poking above the salt, and they're like, "Okay, let's let's grab her, let's get her out of the salt bath." But when they pull her out, her head is not on her body, and her head is now the the shell of the slug which is now a snail Ooh. whoa and she's not alive anymore her head is just now this shell for this snail and it like kind of goes away so that was like creepy that's an example of just like the imagery behind it is it's very very like it's not in your face it's not jump scare it's very disturbing yeah like yeah and 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 say what you will about the concept but and how the, well the art seeing is done, someone's head yeah mm. how well the art is done just adds layers to like the fear and disturbia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes yeah, literally images uh, that get imprinted in your head after the fact you're done reading it mm-hmm, that yeah, helps too um, that's why i think the manga option is better to and experience it in. and if you're a fan of his art i actually saw it at the books a million where near where we live saeed but I'm sure they have it everywhere. There's like a hardcover Junji Ito art collection book that's fully colorized. That's just some of the most famous panels from his manga, but mm. in color. Oh, wow. And that, that is creepy, bro. <laughs> it's a cool collection piece. But um, so that's that's Slug Girl, by the way. So the next one that I that I want to talk about is Window Next Door. So Slug Girl was kind of the imagery imagery side of things for me. Window Next Door is kind of this more creepy concept. It's about this guy. He lives in the house with his... He lives in this house with his... Bleh. He lives in this house with his parents. And one night he looks out his window for, I believe, to like a house that he believed was abandoned. And he looks out the window and he sees this window at the house right across from him. And there's a lady standing in the window. And she's like beckoning to him and calling to him. But he's like, whatever. But every night he looks out, her window is getting closer and closer to his window, stretching from the abandoned house to the point where eventually she can, like, tap on his window with a stick. So he thinks that, like, once she gets to his window, he's dead. So that's that's what that one is about. It's more of, like, an open-ended story, I want to say. Just kind like of that proof of concept. Woman, yeah. Yeah, the suspense-filled proof of concept. He's like, pretty much, once he knows it's about to get to, like, the next night when he knows it's going to hit his window, that day he's just like, oh, I'm dead. But you never see what happens. It's just like, is he? What's what's going on? So there's that. Um, but then my favorite one that I've read from Junji Ito, and again, I think this goes to, and it'll be a good, or I'll let Demetrius maybe talk about a couple he's read, but mm-hmm. I think this will also be a good segue into the... Asian horror versus more Western horror concept. 
is my favorite one by him. It's The Long Dream. So pretty much it's about this guy that gets admitted into a hospital, right? And they ask him what his issue is. And he says every time he dreams, his dreams feel like they're lasting longer and longer. So as they're as they're um, kind of monitoring him, they realize his periods in REM sleep are like he gets really, really quick into that. And every time he wakes up, he's like, it starts off kind of just like, oh, I lived a day out. Oh, I lived a couple days out. Oh, I lived a week out in my dreams until eventually he's like waking up and has to be reminded who he is because he's living full lifetimes within his dreams. Wow, that's interesting. So he's like, he'll wake up and he'll be like, where's my wife? Where are my kids? And they're like, what are you talking about, man? You're like single. Like you, oh. you aren't dating anyone. He's like, no, where are these people? Where are these people? And Doesn't that, pretty that much he's just like, uh, that kind of sounds like the Matrix. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like the Matrix, and I'd be interested in seeing. Let me see when the when the release date. Uh, so the Long Dream came out in the year two thousand. When did the first Matrix movie come out? It was around that time. It was around. So then, Matrix yeah. Matrix was nineteen ninety nine. Um, so I wonder if this is kind of inspired by the Matrix. But pretty much the whole point of the story is like this dude has this condition where he's living out full life cycles inside his dreams now so the main doctor in charge is like well do we even need medicine or anything if we can just be living out full lives or full lives inside our dreams right like that sounds exactly like madara's infinite sukiyomi plan it does mm, it does so that is that and i I know in japan i think it got i think it was live action they made it into like an hour-long movie like a or hour long TV kind of movie um, about the whole thing. So check that one out. Even though it doesn't sound like it has, um, cr- it would have the typical Junji Ito crazy art. It hella does because this man is going through so much stress every time he wakes up or goes back to sleep. His body starts like morphing and looking gross. So Ooh. check it out. But. Shout out to my insomniacs out there. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Uh, oh, but so man. those are those are those are a couple highlights for me. Yo, th- so, that kind of sounds like a, yeah, I got some. That sounds kind of like that guy. You remember that dude in Teen Titans who was like the mud, like the mud monster or whatever, like the muck dude. Oh, yo, I kind of do. Like, and he was like, "Yo, I'm only normal when I sleep. Why'd you wake me up?" And then he starts mm-hmm. turning into it. Yep. Oh, right. Wild. All right, but uh, yo. The couple stories that I've read aren't nearly, I haven't experienced as much of Junji Ito's work, but like Saeed said, I'm trying to eventually start reading and getting into it. I'm probably going to read them during the mornings though, because I'm not, not about some (laughs) of that super horror. Bro, Demetrius, let me send you, uh, let me send you Deathmark and NG on Switch. (laughs) I, I kind of, I like horror, but I don't watch it. Or prefer to watch it like at night. So the well, story. I'm, I'm a sicko. I, I love wearing a sicko mode. Saeed's on sicko mode. Bro, I don't understand. Anyway, um, the one that I read was actually at the 2016 Otacon. Yeah, in the manga library. Berserk. Yeah, in the manga library. It was uh, Gyo. 
And that story, from what I remember, is basically these fish um, start showing up in this village and they have legs. So, like, these sea creatures are literally out and about walking. Yeah, like, evolving. Like, they still have their normal fins and shells and all that stuff, but they literally have, like, legs. Yeah, and they're, Um, like... If I if I remember like correctly, spider too, legs. they're like yeah, spider leg type of stuff. And there's like great white with spider legs, bro. Yep. Yep. And they slowly, basically, overtake this village. When you see a whole bunch of different types of uh, like sea creatures with these types of legs, and I think some people actually get like infected and bitten and stuff, but I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's just really well. disturbing. It was like this guy and his wife. I remember that. And oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Junji Ito. From my experience, is really like the story, but his art is visceral. Like it's just, it sticks what in your jumps mind. Out to, yeah, what jumps out to me about that too is like, we talked about all these crazy image, all this crazy imagery he put out, right? Like snail shell face or head or whatever layers peeling off. But these fish, bro, these fish looked real. <laughs> yeah, it was freaky. <laughs> freaky deaky. Um, it was, they were real looking fish, bro. Oh, yeah. Great whites with legs. Like, could you imagine literal land sharks? Wasn't that, isn't, wasn't there a movie? Uh, was it Talladega Nights where someone's talking about like, oh, man, I need to look this up. I need to look up what movie it is. But there's a whole scene in a movie talking about how like tuna are gonna grow legs and come after you <laughs> tuna <laughs> why tuna yeah yeah yeah. hold up hold up hold up um i'm I gonna look tuna. this up i'm gonna look this yo well anyway while he, continue talking yeah while he looks continue that up talking, continue. um the other story that i read was uzumaki and i didn't finish uzumaki because i was also in a bookstore casually reading um but it's a story literally just about spirals. So, um, if you're familiar, Uzumaki, like Uzumaki Naruto is kind of just like a, a spiral related thing. And in this story, there are people that start to see and experience spiral related things. Like people get fixated on them um, to the point where they just start to like have these long daydreams or just kind of aren't really there anymore or start obsessing over them. And it takes over them and like people start to get spirals in themselves. There's even that famous panel where it's like a spiral into this girl's face. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's like you can see like her eyes popping out. It's really freaky. I can't really even. I think that's on the Hot Topic t-shirt. I think it's on the Hot Topic (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah, it's a really famous shot. Um, Maybe I'll use that as the announcement, as the announcement pick. Shout out. Yeah, probably. That's probably a good one. It's just really, if you haven't experienced a Junji Ito story, you should just find whatever you can. I don't even know where the best place to read it is. I know Viz has a collection of Junji Ito stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you're in like a books a million or something like that, if you find something, just, just pick it up and read it. It's yeah, I think you can find different. Uzumaki pretty regularly in bookstores. 
And also, mm-hmm. these short stories, I think there are a couple different, like, compendiums that combine them into, like, a solid volume's worth of different short stories and stuff. But I was also going to say, Junji Ito, to compare it to people that might not have been, or not into Japanese horror, if anybody, when they were a kid, read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. You guys remember mm, those books? There you go. Yup. Mm-hmm. It's like Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, but, like more gruesome and mature if that makes sense like you know how those stories were also pretty disturbing especially for kids like the mm-hmm. images in that's in those stories or whatever every story had like an image incorporated with it and stuff and like the 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 little weird disturbing things in the story they're like kind of normal things but like like it has like a repetitive nature to it that's another thing a lot of the stories have like a repetitive nature it just builds up and builds up like your story he, with the window the lair story and a bunch of different other stories it's yeah really interesting yeah yeah and there are some stories that have recurring characters i think his name is either shoichi or soichi is like this weird kid in class that likes casting curses and stuff on people uh i think there's a funko pop of him that's comic-con limited or something that i just mm. saw they announced but um there's like a wide variety of stuff and you mm-hmm. can Again, go to a bookstore and pick up a volume and literally flip to one chapter because there's a chance that that chapter might just be a standalone story and read it and check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I found I found the quote I was thinking of. Do you guys remember the movie The Other Guys? Yeah. With yep. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. It was when Mark Wahlberg was talking about if he was a lion and Will Ferrell was a tuna, he would go out of his way to attack him. Oh, and yeah. Will Ferrell yeah. was like, <laughs> he's like nah if if we're like if you're a lion off the coast of africa and come up on a full-grown 800 pound tuna with 20 or 30 of his friends you lose that battle nine out of ten times <laughs> he talks about he starts talking about how he's gonna construct a breathing apparatus out of kelp to trap oxygen <laughs> and then build like legs to go on this go on the land outgunned and out man that's what that is so check out check out that scene and think if that scene was taken uh seriously yeah literally turned into a like literally and turned into a short story about fish coming out of the sea and killing people crazy madness but protect the ocean i think yo true True. protect the ocean Uh, be responsible with your fishing if you're out there being a don't litter casual angler don't litter don't litter 100 100 don't litter in the oceans if you're being a casual angler you know make sure the fish you're trying to keep our proper size right you know what i'm talking about we don't need to be we don't need to be overfishing everyone gotta do their part but with that little environmental psa out of the way i think a good way to wrap this episode up now that we've kind of discussed different junji ito stories is just any observations on kind of even though we've been touching upon it the whole time the difference between what you see in western horror against more eastern horror and i know saeed you watch a lot of horror so i'm interested just to get your your perspectives on this here yeah what true. i notice is like the uh eastern as far as japanese not just japanese but like eastern horror in general is more rooted in folklore comparatively to western western horror evolved from i feel like more of like a cinematic media thing like different tropes mm. that came upon or came about because of movies is what stuck in the west comparatively to japan or a country in the east where it's rooted in 
old folklore that goes back many, many years. I don't know hmm. if you guys noticed that or what. No, that kind of makes sense. Oh, and sure. that'll probably lead into the, like, the yokai episode. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. I was just about... <laughs> I was but, just um, about to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that's why the horror itself feels like more fleshed out, and there's like more little details that kind of make there's it more depth to it. Sometimes, yeah, depth. That's a good way to say it. Usually, mm-hmm. I prefer the Eastern horror to the Western horror. Yeah, something and about it feels like ancient sometimes. Feels more ancient, more menacing for some reason. Like primal head. It, mm-hmm. it incorporates it into real life better than Western, I feel like. Like, situations where it can apply to your everyday life in West in Eastern horror. For example, yeah. The Grudge. I remember yep. when The Grudge came out in the West, a lot of people had a hard time going to, like, bathrooms by themselves. Same thing with The Ring. If you guys don't know, The Ring and The Grudge are both originally Japanese that were eventually mm. adapted into the West. Yeah, I believe but the Japanese it. one was Dark Water. And I saw, I think I saw part of that one. And that was, it was freaky because it was like a mother-daughter relationship mm-hmm. type of thing. And it just went sideways with this this spirit. It was right. It was freaky. Right, right, right. And um, the grudge in Japanese, I think, I believe it's called Ju-on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was yep. a very scary movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like they take those Again, elements of tongues. that horror and yeah. Oh yeah. No tunnel. They take those elements of horror and apply it more to realistic or real life situations, something as simple as taking a shower, like that one scene in The Grudge. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, oh, going to I... bed, bro. Going to bed. I remember that <laughs> one. That one freaked me out like the most. She was just going to bed, and she was like, "Oh, it's outside my door. It can't get me." And she looked under her covers, and it was there. And I was like, "Bro, I'm done." Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I'd say what maybe the the closest attempt um, to finish this up. The closest attempt at almost that Eastern style of horror that the West has a try has tried to do originally might have been Paranormal Activity. Would you guys oh. agree with that take? Almost I, I because seen they tried paranormal to paranormal activities. Because they tried I, to just take like this haunting in this house and do little things, right? Because for me, I think a lot of the Eastern horror is uh, imagery and ideologies that get put in your head, or like imagery yeah. and psychological stuff, rather mm-hmm. than the immediate jump scares that you see. And like paranormal activity had its jump scares and stuff, but kind of like what Saeed was saying, and I just thought about that now, like. That was yeah, more of it, the everyday you see something move and it's like, oh, that could have been me. Yeah, I guess in that aspect with the subtlety, I guess it, 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 the subtleness reflects like the Japanese films of horror, but the concept of like a haunted house, like, yeah, I think very that's very Western. Western. Yeah. Like, How many movies? House, things going bump in the night. That's like how many movies nowadays? Because what didn't they just remake The Grudge again? And the whole thing was it was like haunted house that these cops have to go into. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's very samey. It's very samey now, especially with all the but the if, rise like, of the jump scare. Was like Eastern. I feel like the root of that haunting or whatever would have been incorporated with a yokai or something. That's yeah. yokai related activity. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Which but would do, have give it more and, depth. And maybe mm-hmm. this is maybe this is an interesting thing for people to comment on as we as we finish this episode up, or just to just to think about, right? This whole time we've talked about, and Saeed especially pointed out how Eastern horror does seem to be more, and Demetrius said it as well, like more ancient, right? More more of a primal thing based off of culture and beliefs and all that. But here, especially like, I guess in Europe, you probably have your regional horror stories and all like that. what, Jack the Ripper but and here all that in, stuff? Yeah, but here in the U.S., like, we talk about Sasquatch, the Sheep Squatch. You oh, got, we got like, you got Chupacabra. Yeah, it was like, you got cryptids. We got we got yeah cryptids but like the none jersey of that devil <laughs> jersey devil dog bunny man, bunny man bridge bunny man mm-hmm. bridge but none of it really it. feels like oh dude for sure but none of it really feels like that ancient type of horror that um eastern horror kind of draws from right so you don't right. you don't it's see not... anyone making like a bigfoot horror movie and people being really freaked out about it yeah right. but that but, also but, comes from like the u.s being so young like in yeah, in terms that, exactly Right, and it's interesting that a whole culture, a part of a culture is horror, if you think about mm-hmm. it. Like, it's part of their culture That's for true. many, many years. I can't think but, of many cultures like that. But how? How is it part of their culture? Dear listeners, you're going to have to tune in next week when we talk <laughs> about yokai. We're going to be throwing it back to an article that the GOAT Demetrius put out on our website. So if you want a little sneak preview, check this out. It's almost as ancient of a website now as Japanese folklore itself. Go to backlogbebop.wixsite.com slash backlogbebop. Shout out to Viz for almost shutting us down a few times. Bring it up again. Too strong. Said was Yo, too good with it. hockey, too good. <laughs> um, so check that out. We're going to be bringing some of that back. Thank you all for listening. Check out Junji Ito. If you have checked out Junji Ito already, comment below with some of your favorite stories, maybe some of your favorite images from it, and we'll see what we can do. Maybe maybe feature some stuff on some stories when we find it. That being said, my name is Wes. This was Demetrius and Saeed. You know what to hit them with. To be continued. Bebop, don't stop. Peace.